The Bible Study Podcast, episode 587. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the kings of Judah with 2 Kings 23. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We are wrapping up the study of 2 Kings. We have three chapters left counting this week. From here, I'm not sure where we'll go. One suggestion has been the Gospel of Mark, which apparently we have never covered. And then one of the other thoughts would be to continue on with some of the histories and go to uh, Nehemiah, for instance. We'll, we shall see. 2 Kings chapter 23, Josiah renews the covenant. Then the king called together all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. He went up to the temple of the Lord with the people of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and the prophets, all the people from the least to the greatest. He read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, which had been found in the temple of the Lord. The king stood by the pillar and renewed the covenant in the presence of the Lord to follow the Lord and keep his commands, statutes, and decrees. And with all his heart and all his soul, thus confirming the words of the covenant written in this book. Then all the people pledged themselves to the covenant. The king ordered Hilkiah the high priest, the priest next in rank, and the doorkeepers to remove from the temple all the articles made for Baal and Asherah and all the starry hosts. He burned them outside Jerusalem in the fields of Kidron Valley and took the ashes to Bethel. He did away with the idolatrous priests appointed by the kings of Judah to burn incense on the high places of the towns of Judah and on those around Jerusalem, those who burned incense to Baal, to the sun and moon, to the constellations, and to all the starry hosts. He took the Asherah pole from the temple of the Lord to the Kidron Valley outside Jerusalem and burned it there. He ground it to powder and scattered the dust over the graves of the common people. He also tore down the quarters of the male shrine prostitutes that were in the temple of the Lord, the quarters where the women did weaving for Asherah. Josiah brought all the priests from the town of Judah and desecrated the high places from Geba to Beersheba where the priests had burned incense. He broke down the gateway at the entrance of the gate of Joshua, the city governor, which was on the left of the city gate. Although the priests of the high places did not serve at the altar of the Lord in Jerusalem, they ate unleavened bread with their fellow priests. He desecrated Topheth, which was in the valley of Ben-Hinnom, so that no one could use it to sacrifice their son or daughter in fire to Molech. He removed from the entrance to the temple of the Lord the horses that the kings of Judah had dedicated to the sun. They were in the court near the room of an official named Nathan Molech. Josiah then burned the chariots dedicated to the sun. He pulled down the altars the kings of Judah had erected on the roof near the upper room of Ahaz and the altars Manasseh had built in the two courts of the temple of the Lord. He removed them from there, smashed them to pieces, and threw the rubble into the Kidron Valley. The king also desecrated the high places that were in the east of Jerusalem on the south of the hill of corruption, the ones Solomon king of Israel had built for Ashtoreth, the vile goddess of the Sidians, for Chomash, the vile god of Moab, and for Molech, the detestable god of the people of Ammon. Josiah smashed the sacred stones and cut down the Asherah poles and covered the sites with human bones. Even the altar at Bethel, 
the high place made by Jeroboam son of Nebat, who had caused Israel to sin, even that altar and high place he demolished. He burned the high place and ground it to powder and burned the Asherah pole also. Then Josiah looked around, and when he saw the tombs that were on the hillside, he had the bones removed from them and burned on the altar to defile it, in accordance with the word of the Lord proclaimed by the man of God who foretold these things. The king asked, What is that tombstone I see? The people of the city said, It makes the tomb of the man of God who came from Judah and pronounced against the altar of Bethel the very things you have done to it. Leave it alone, he said. Don't let anyone disturb his bones. So they spared his bones and those of the prophet who had come from Samaria. Just as they had done at Bethel, Josiah removed all the shrines at the high places that the kings of Israel had built in the towns of Samaria and that had aroused the Lord's anger. Josiah slaughtered all the priests of those high places on the altars and burned human bones on them. Then he went back to Jerusalem. Oh, my Lord, there has been a whole lot of worshiping of other gods, and you get this sense here of how much had been going on. So when Josiah, last chapter, had the book of the law read to him and heard, among other things, that they're not supposed to worship other gods and tore his clothes, it's because he knew of all of these things that are going on. How many different times in this text did we see that in the temple of the Lord itself, they had set up Asherah poles. They had set up altars to the sun and moon and stars and to Baal and all of these things that were going on, as well as all of those high places that were built years ago when Israel and Jerusalem split, as well as those altars that were put up by Solomon. Remember, in Solomon's last days, he spent his time worshiping other gods in addition to God because his many different foreign wives had taken his eye off God. And we get these things where he is taking all these things and he's using bones or he's putting them on the grave and things like that. That would make something unclean. Basically, what he's trying to do is not just tear things down, but make it so that it'd be hard to be built up again. He's trying to do some serious, serious house cleaning here for Israel and for Judah. He's in both these different areas now, but there's just the one country left. And he's really trying to get back to what that book said. He's really stands in front of the people and says, this is what the law of the Lord says, and I'm going to follow it. And then he carries through with that in a way that we have not seen. He is tearing down things that have been left for generations and have accumulated. That's the sense I really get here is not just had the people done evil, but they had accumulated evil. That one king had built something else and then another king had built another altar and that somebody else was worshiping Molech, the detestable god of the Ammon, and and just all of these things going on. And so he's trying to destroy these altars so they won't go back to that, because he only has a certain period of time while he will be king. I mean, that's true with all of us. We have a certain influence while we are here, and then we will be departed. And he knows this, and so he's trying to keep Israel on this path even when he is no longer king. And trying to, for instance, desecrate the altars where people are still sacrificing their children to other gods. I mean, this is just horrific, all the things that have been going on. And so he does this major, major reformation, this major, major coming back to God. This is why we call him Josiah the Reformer. 
but he really just has to go all over the country. When I read that section here about um, we found the book of the law and we'd forgotten about it, it just seemed unthinkable last chapter. And yet it seems like they have been gradually turning more and more away from God. That when one person puts up an altar, then the person who puts up that second altar to a different foreign God doesn't seem as weird anymore. It's it's the old boiling the frog thing, which may not, may not be scientifically true, but the old story goes that if you if you put a frog in hot water, he'll jump out, but if you slowly turn up the heat, he will be boiled to death because he won't notice the change. I, I sort of feel that that's what's been going on here. But that can go on today, too. It can go on today when we compromise little by little, when we compromise with the truth, when we compromise with what is right, just little by little. It's just, you know, that doesn't seem like that big a thing. But then since that didn't seem like such a big thing, we do that other thing. And then once we've done that other thing, that third thing, which seems would have thought unthinkable for us to do in the beginning, doesn't seem so hard to do. And that's what Israel, that's what Judah has done here over time. And Josiah is trying to roll that all back. They finally come to, they're taking bones and putting it on altars, and they come to one tomb, and it's the altar of somebody who prophesied this, prophesied that Josiah would come and do this, and they leave that tomb alone. Because remember, God has been saying for some time that retribution is coming, that punishment is coming for what people have been doing. And even in the last chapter, he says, it's still coming, although not in your lifetime, Josiah because you have a heart for God. You tore your clothes when you heard what was going on. You realized how much trouble Judah was in. It continues, The king gave this order to all the people, Celebrate the Passover to the Lord your God, as it is written in the book of the covenant. Neither in the days of the judges who led Israel, nor in the days of the kings of Israel, and the kings of Judah had any such Passover been observed. But in the 18th year of King Josiah, this Passover was celebrated to the Lord in Jerusalem. Furthermore, Josiah got rid of the mediums and the spiritualists, the household gods, the idols, and all the other detestable things seen in Judah and Jerusalem. This he did to fulfill the requirements of the Lord." Neither before nor after Josiah was there a king like him who turned to the Lord as he did, with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his strength, in accordance with all the law of Moses. Nevertheless, the Lord did not turn away from the heat of his fierce anger which burned against Judah, because all that Manasseh had done to arouse his anger. So the Lord said, I will remove Judah also from my presence as I removed Israel, and I will reject Jerusalem, the city I chose, and this temple about which I said, my name shall be there. As for the other events of Josiah's reign and all he did, are they not written in the book of the annals of the kings of Judah? While Josiah was king, Pharaoh Necho king of Egypt went up to the Euphrates River to help the king of Assyria. King Josiah marched out to meet him in battle, but Necho faced him and killed him at Megiddo. Josiah's servants brought his body in a chariot from Megiddo to Jerusalem and buried him in his own tomb. And the people of the land took Jehoahaz, son of Josiah, and anointed him and made him king in place of his father. If you go to Israel today, you can visit Megiddo. Uh, This is a uh, hilltop 
structure that has been inhabited for centuries and centuries, and it is also the source of the Greek Armageddon, that Armageddon would happen in this valley where Josiah was killed. This is an area that is a pass-through. It's an area that is a pass from Egypt up into the Fertile Crescent, and many battles have been fought in this area, and Josiah dies in one of those. And then they also celebrate the Passover, and apparently they have not. They either haven't celebrated or haven't celebrated it like this. Uh, that isn't quite clear to me in some time, uh, really since they got out of Egypt. It sounds like for all the times of the judges and all the times of the kings, this is the biggest Passover celebration. It's sort of like saying the church gets so far away from God that they forgot about Christmas and Easter. Uh, That is really how far they have fallen here in Judah. And then it goes on to talk about the two descendants of Josiah, Jehoahaz, king of Judah. Jehoahaz was 23 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem three months. His mother's name was Hamutal, daughter of Jeremiah. She was from Libna. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord, just as his predecessors had done. Pharaoh Necho put him in chains at Riblah in the land of Hamath so that he might not reign in Jerusalem, and he imposed on Judah a levy of a hundred talents of silver and a talent of gold. Pharaoh Necho made Eliakim, son of Josiah, king in his place of his father Josiah, and changed Eliakim's name to Jehoiakim. But he took Jehoaz and carried him off to Egypt, and there he died. Jehoiakim paid Pharaoh Necho the silver and gold he demanded. In doing so, he taxed the land and extracted the silver and gold from the people of the land according to their assessments. Jehoiakim, king of Judah. Jehoiakim was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 11 years. His mother's name was Zibidah, daughter of Padiah. She was from Rumah. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord, just as his predecessors had done. Why is it that these sons of Josiah missed the mark? Why is it that they didn't follow in their father's footsteps? I don't have an answer to that. But it becomes very important in this story, again, as this story is winding down. God has been sending prophets for years now. I've been reading through the prophet Jeremiah, and the prophet Jeremiah is, this is about coming to the time of Jeremiah and all the prophecies he has against Israel in terms of what God is going to do. And of course, God is going to take Judah now off into captivity as well. The difference between Judah and Israel is that Judah will come back. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. Want to learn more about God and his will for your life one verse at a time? I'm Quinice Petway, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. I'm inviting you to tune in and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.